So I'm going to talk about being exhausted. Oh, look at you guys. That's a great thing, like exhausted, yes, that's actually my message is exhausted, that's great. Okay, we'll see how you respond at the end, okay? I know, you're thinking, this lady. So, um, when people ask you how you are, or you ask people, they usually say, oh, I'm so busy, I just got all this going on, you know, like we ask people and they say, I'm busy because we're just so, and we're, I'm just so tired, I'm worn out, I just, I don't have any time. I mean, anytime, that's like the thing, like, if you come up to someone, you ask how they're doing, they're going to say they're busy because they don't want to, they don't want to have to really find out how you're doing, right? I'm just so busy. You know, we think it's, um, it's this broken record of, we say I'm busy or I'm fine because we're so busy that we don't have enough time to actually tell people, yeah, I actually had a, long, a hard week, and, but you know, God did this. So, like, I'm fine. You ever hear of the people that say I'm fine, and you're looking at them, and you're thinking, mm, I don't know, I know what fine is, and that is not it. <laughs> so we think that, be, that being exhausted and busy and doing all this stuff is... Um, kind of a negative, like maybe we're not where we're supposed to be. It shouldn't be this hard, right? It shouldn't be this hard to follow the Lord. It shouldn't be this hard. I shouldn't feel like this. I must be out of the will of God for my life. And I used to think that too. Like, oh, you know, I don't have the peace of the Lord. Peace doesn't always look peaceful. Peace is an internal. So I was looking in the book of Ruth. Uh, love that book. Uh, and I was reading in Ruth 1, it, it says this. It says, I left full with a husband and two sons, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? So she's feeling pretty like, I went into this land. I had a husband. I had, you know, we had property. I had these amazing sons. I have this beautiful daughter-in-law, um, Ruth. And now everything's gone. And for her, everything was gone because all the men in her, her immediate family had died. So she also lost her home, her property. She had to leave because women could not own land at that time. They didn't get the revelation that God created man and woman to do amazing things on this earth yet. But God already had a plan for that, didn't he? He said, no problem. So... Um, she said, I'm, I'm coming back empty. I've got nothing left. You know, everything that God has blessed me with is now gone. So she's going to go back to her family and basically be like, okay, I'm going to live on the outskirts. I'm going to be in poverty. I'm just going to take what's ever left. And she's like, Ruth, don't come with me because it's just, you know what? I'm older. There's no one to take care of me. Like, don't follow me. And Ruth is like, you know, I'm going where you go. Naomi's probably like, oh, great. Now I have this girl I have to take care of and I can't take care of myself. So she was empty. And then in Timothy um, 4, 6, it says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and at, that time of, and at the time my depar- of my departure, this world is at hand, and I will soon go free. So he's saying, I'm being poured out. You know, I'm serving other people. I'm giving. I'm giving myself. I'm getting empty. When you pour something out, if I was to come up and... You know, like if I was to splash this cup of water on you guys, it'd be empty, right? I would need to refill it. 
When you pour something out, you're giving. Um, so, like Naomi was empty, he's being poured out, and they're just feeling like overwhelmed, exhausted. Like, God, everything was going good. Where are you now? Overwhelmed, depressed, used up, broke, you know, thinking, God, you have to do something. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but I've been there like, God, you have to do something. Like, I can't see any other way out. You've got to do something in this situation. You've got to do something in this season. You've got to do something in this body. You, whatever it is, God, you have to do something. I've got nothing left. If you guys, I've felt that empty. Where it's like, if it's not you, God, nothing's happening. So, I'm going to tell you guys kind of a story. So, in 2016, um, my head changed jobs, and uh, it was good. And the Lord just laid on my heart and said, I want you to go on a trip. You know that money I've been telling you to hide away? I said, yeah, I've been waiting for you to tell me what to do with that. He said, I want you guys to take your family, and I want you to go on vacation. And I thought, I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's saying Disney World. <laughs> so I go to Matt, and I said, oh, the Lord told me that we need to go to Disney World. And he's like, what? I said, don't worry, I've got it all covered. I have every expense. So he's like, okay. So I bought the tickets. You know, we go to Disney World, and it was awesome. We didn't think about I know this may sound... We didn't think about anyone. We didn't think about our jobs. We didn't think about anybody here. We didn't think about school. Nothing. We went as a family. It was just us together. It was amazing. Um, and we come back. And the first day we get back, Matt goes to work. And it hits us like a brick wall. While we were gone, the owners of the company he worked for decided they didn't like each other anymore. So they split, and we kind of got the bum end of the deal. Our salary got cut, hours got longer, um, and it was just this mess. So I'm like, okay, God, like, it was good. Like, I thought this was going to be, like, this awesome, amazing year. Like, we're starting off with Disney World. Come on. Like, this is in November, and I'm thinking, 2017 is going to be so good. Like, you've blessed us. We have this extra. Like, it's going good. We're all, like, healthy. So good. We're going into a season of great things. So when this happened, I thought, oh, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. We got this. We're, we're still doing all right. Got my smile on. Um, and so 2017 started with these pay cuts and drama everywhere. Friends and, and different things. Um, in our kid's life. So in the middle of this, I feel like um, the Lord says to me, I want you to lay down your job. I want you to quit. And I thought, oh, have you seen our bank account lately, Lord? I'm not sure if that's you. I said, I want you to quit your job. You're not doing either thing well, and I'm asking you to lay it down. And I thought, I don't want to. Like, you know, so I say, so finally I realized, you know, every time that I've got to this point where the Lord asked me to do something I think is impossible or crazy, I wait a little too long and I go through, a, make a little bit bigger mess than I should. And then I'm like, oh, I understand why you wanted me to do it like this. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I go to Matt and I say, the Lord told me to quit my job. And I'm going to be just 
doing what I do for the church, because I don't know if you guys, but I was running youth, and um, now they do like the Connect stuff, but Wednesdays and Sundays, and, and I thought I had to take care of everybody, and so Matt's like, okay, and I thought, well, that's weird. He didn't even say, are you sure? He's just like, okay, quit your job. Like, if God said it, then do it. So I'm like, okay, so I quit my job. And then I'm like, hey, I, I feel like I need to go out to this training. So I go out and I get this ministry training. And so I have this planned. And a week before I leave, um, Matt says, well, lost my job today. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, we knew it was coming. And I asked the Lord for 30 days because I thought, you know, he'd have that figured out by then. And guess how many days he gave me? 31. The 31st day. I thought, oh, maybe I should have been more specific. Maybe I should have asked for 90. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, sometimes we think God's not going to do what he says he's going to do. So we go in. It's May. It's summer. Kids are home. And we have zero income. And I'm thinking, okay, God. I'm just smiling. I think it was a fake smile at that time. And I'm just telling everyone, I'm fine. I'm fine. We're fine. I hope everyone that comes over wants ramen because we're fine. Um, so after that, I'm thinking everything starts breaking in our house. My shower's literally sinking through the floor, you guys. And I'm like, okay, no problem, no problem. Summer, shower outside, make outside shower, got this. No problem, got to redo my bathroom. So things start breaking, sinking. So the day that I leave from this I'm getting ready to fly out the next morning. I'm like, oh, I have this pain going on in my back. And I thought, oh, it's probably from sitting. It was not. So I didn't know. I have a pretty high pain threshold. So like for 12 days, I thought, well, I might be dying. But like if God did all of this stuff, like, you know, he can, he can take care of this. So for, I, didn't, I had shingles. I didn't know. It was into my, the nerves in my lung. And um, I just remember waking Matt up and I said, I... And, like, I couldn't breathe and stuff, and he's just looking at me, and I'm like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you better pray. Cause <laughs> so I went 12 days. I didn't know. Finally got that, and they said, you know what? You should, we can only give you medicine if you're within the first 72 hours. And I thought, oh. They're like, so you're just going to have to be on nerve repair, and you're going to be in pain all summer. And I thought, okay. I got no money, got no job, I got no health insurance. <laughs> Partly that was because I didn't trust God. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to the doctor. And Matt's like, go to the doctor. You can't walk or breathe or stand up. And I thought, okay, I finally I went to the doctor. So I'm like, okay, God, you got to do something. So I'm up here. It was my week to preach. And God did. You know what? I was preaching about the joy of the Lord. And I got healed. I had no pain. I didn't do anything else from then. I was like, that's it. God totally healed me. So I didn't have pain all the summer. The doctor was like, whoa, that's awesome. So I'm like, yeah, see, it's going to be a good year. It's still going to be a good year. Holding on to that, right? So um, so, we're, so we're going, and, and I got sick. And then God brought these people that said, hey, you know, we know you don't have any jobs. And I was like, yeah. So they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, isn't he like that? So God came and laid on someone's heart to cover our bills for two months or three months. And um, 
what was really cool about that till we got back on our feet and God knew we needed a miracle in the middle of all of this and he set that up a year in advance in the giver's life. We didn't know about that, but he already had it planned way before. I mean, he knew what was going to go on. We had no idea. So, um, so in the middle of this, I flow out, got trained. I was all like, yes, I'm going to bring this back. Like, guys, it's going to be amazing. Um, I got these amazing life-altering prophetic words over my life, over the ministry, over our family. I was like, wow, like, this is amazing. And so then I got back, and I got sick, and I got healed. And then Matt, he got, he started working again, and he got sick three times. He was sick, like, all summer and um, with different ailments and different things. And I'm thinking, okay, God, like, we're just getting on our feet. He's, like, having to take all these days off work already, and he just started here. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm just, it's fine. It's fine. We're exhausted. You guys, taking care of sick, when you're sick, it's a lot of work. And so I'm like, all right, Lord. What do you want us to do? It's exhausting, but we're just doing the minimum to stay afloat. Like even just my eyes are sometimes above the water. And get a little breath <laughs> back under the water. That's how it felt. Like you're just, you're like, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. It's like this little miracle. God's like, yes, you got this. And you're back under the water. That's kind of how it felt. So in 2017, we were broken in our body and in our soul, but not our spirit because that already belonged to the Lord. Amen. You know, when that belongs to the Lord, you know, he can come and attack anywhere he wants. The enemy can, but he can't have our spirit because it doesn't belong to us. We gave it to the Lord when we accepted Jesus. So we kept going because usually when you get to that point, you're like, I'm done. And this morning I said, Lord, every time I said I'm done, you put more on my plate. And he said, you know what? You have my spirit and I don't give up. So why would I allow you? And I thought, fine. <laughs> you know, I don't always respond like, oh, yeah, that's just, oh, just touch my heart, Lord. Sometimes I just want to be like, fine. You know, and in this time, Matt was sick, so, and he was working, and he was working long hours. And I don't know if you guys know, but running a ministry is full-time work. So basically we have two jobs all the time. And Matt was sick, and he was working all the time. So the bulk of the ministry at that time went to my shoulders. On top of that, I didn't really listen to God what he wanted me to do in that season. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I wanted to take care of everybody, and I wanted to volunteer, and I was overextending, and I was saying yes to things God said, you're not to say yes to that. And they weren't bad things. They weren't sin. They weren't evil. It's just that's not what God wanted me to do. So I had all these people and jobs and volunteer opportunities that God never wanted me to do. So on top of that, we needed to get something. We were empty. So all this is going on, not listening to the Lord. Um, God had to show up. We couldn't continue like that. We couldn't continue having, being um, burned, broke down, sick all the time. God, we needed God to show up. And in that, I look and say, we started having, you know, we started getting a little, we couldn't be cynical anymore. Um, You know, our love for, we always felt like cynicism was just around the corner. (laughs) And our love for people kind of 
started to begin to be obligation, like, well, I have to. We needed something. You know, Matt was exhausted. I was fed up. Uh, those of you know, I love to read. I love to read books. I like to grow. Um, I love to listen to podcasts all day and just hear the word of God. And I just quit doing all of that. I love to worship in my living room, do cartwheels, do all that. I just quit because I was like, no, not doing it. I'm just not. And um, God is so good. All that stopped. But God knew our hearts. He knew we were exhausted. And I just love what he did. If I chose to watch a TV show, God would give me a word in that. If I was listening to the radio, he would give me a word through a song that we would consider secular. You know what I mean? There's no secular. There's music. I mean, and so even though I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just tired, the Lord's like, I don't care. We're moving forward. So I couldn't run from him. So, I mean, if you guys go back and listen to We're Not Gonna Take It. That's that whole word the Lord gave me through a song that I heard on the radio. How good is that? So, um, we slowly began, you know, he, he slowly began to fill, fill me from places I didn't know God worked from. That's the great thing. We think God only works in the church or, you know, in the Bible. He know, he, we know he's in, in the Bible, but he's in everything. So if I was running away or, or was too exhausted to take that time or listen, you know, most of the time when you're kind of like that, it's usually because you already know what God's going to say. It's like, I am not opening that book today. And he's like, fine, I'm going to send, you know, I'm going to put an animal right on your porch. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say. Now, he did that with many things in nature uh, that I couldn't control. And I thought, God, what are you doing? You know, we were on that brink of breakthrough. Except it didn't come all at once. It came like little by little. We would be finally getting our head above water. And then it felt like we were being pushed back down. But then God would have this little miracle and we'd pop back up and we'd get a breath and we're like, okay, we can keep doing this. You know, and like, you think, okay, how long can I hold my breath? It's around that brink of breakthrough. It's just little by little, blessing here, filling us up. You know, crisis and offense would come, but then God would fill us. You know, Matt got a new job recently. We've been believing for that. So, you guys, that's a good thing. Yes, thank you. It was so good. It was definitely a God thing. It opened up time, finances, um, rest, so that we could be better for, for the church, for the community, for our family. So that was amazing. Um, that transformed, that moment was a transformational moment in our life. Um, and I let the words that I've been trying to force fall to the ground. And I said, God, if you want them, then let me know if you want me to pick them back up. So just kind of let things end through failures. So we learned. So these failures became our success. Uh, we got a lot of redos in that season. And joy and hope kind of began to seep back in. And picked back up the things that God, he just had them waiting there for us. He's like, you know what? I got you. Um, so being empty, being spent, being done, fed up, uh, it's a great place to be. 
I'm going to tell you why, okay? Because you're all thinking, okay, there is, there is a reason why. <clears throat> because when you're empty, you can be filled. You don't need a miracle. You don't need God to provide something if you already have abundance, right? You don't need healing if you're healthy. You got to have some empty to be filled. If you go to a billionaire and say, "Just thought you needed this ten dollars," that's nothing to them, you know. It's finding a penny. But we got to be empty to be filled. You got to use what what God has put in you before He can fill you up again. It's it's where powerful testimonies you know, come, where we see all these underdog stories of what we hear from the Bible. We love the stories of Gideon and and David and Paul because you know what? What happened? You know, Joseph, all of these, um, you know, Daniel and the lion's dead. We love these underdog stories because they needed something. They were empty. They were at the end of the rope. Lots of different ways. And they needed God, so we need to be filled. Just like Ruth said, I come to you. I love that book. You know, read the book of Ruth and see, you know, she had nothing empty and what God, then he could do miracles. Then he could bring blessing in. So you've got to be empty to be filled. And the, and the next thing is, the end where your natural ability ends, supernatural can begin. Amen. When you quit taking care of everything, God should be taken care of. Not that we ever do that. Um, when we've exhausted everything. Sometimes we think this is the way. We try to like, when you dig in the sand and you're trying to like let water flow and you try to make little trenches, okay? What happens when the waves come up? They make their own path, don't they? That gets washed away. Sometimes we try to do that and try to like, this is where God is going, This is how you have to make this happen, Lord. I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. I know that you're going to bless me. I remember being 18 years old and I thought, you know what, that publisher clearinghouse, God's going to bless me with that. I was sad when they didn't show up. I was like, that's how God's going to bless me. Because that's easy. That's easy, right? There's no testimony in that. Got a lot of money. I don't have to worry about these things at all. But I still remember that day sitting in my house thinking, they're late. <laughs> well, sitting in my trailer. <laughs> it wasn't even a house. <laughs> Just a trailer I had that time. It was good, though. So that's where the, the supernatural can begin, when we've exhausted everything and God turns the page to the miraculous. You're at the end and you're thinking, is there more to this story? And God's like, let me show you. And it proves your faith is alive. Faith without works is dead. That's what the Word of God says. So we've got to have something to have faith in. You've got to be believing for something. You need it to be alive, not dormant on a shelf. We need to have faith in something. We need to continually get new measures of faith. It says you have a measure that it gets poured out, that we use faith. So we need to continually get a new measure of faith. We need to have something to put it to. We need to believe for something. 
when all your needs are met, it's really easy forget, to forget who the giver is. I was talking to my girls the other day um, about someone we knew, and I said, it's easy. They're like, the devil's got them right where they want them. Everything looks good in their life. They're healthy. They have abundance in every area. Everything falls into place. And my girls go, the enemy's got them right where they want them. They never need God. Or they think they don't need God. And I said, yeah, that's, that's hard. And Romans 10:17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. When we preach, when we read the Bible... We're getting faith. That's how you fill that up. you got to go to the tap, and that's the Word of God. <sighs> fill it up. Okay? We need to do that. So if we're not seeking after His Word, we're thinking, I'd just rather sleep in today. I'd rather sleep in this. Oh, I don't want to go to this extra. Oh, it's five-minute drive. Okay? Not, there's nothing a five-minute drive for us. Okay, 25-minute drive. <laughs> City people. Um, But we start doing that and then we're like, why am I so empty, Lord? Why, why can't I receive? Why can't I hear from you? God's saying, my word comes. When you hear my word, that will increase your faith. And the other reason it's a great thing to be empty, to be exhausted, is that you are on the brink of your miracle. When you're like, I, I, this just popped in my head, but it was like a battle. When you're moving up to the front line, it gets messier and louder and more dangerous, right? When you're right up, when you are going to break through that line. That's kind of like it is for us. When we're right up through that breakthrough and we're going to overcome, it can look really messy like, where's God in all this? And he's like, keep going. You are on the brink of your miracle. In Psalms it says, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You might be in a weeping season. Just get some extra Kleenexes and keep going. Because God promised that joy would come in the morning. He said it, it'll happen. You know, and surround yourself with people that will remind you of that. If you surround yourself with a bunch of other weepers, you get into the spirit of complaining And pretty soon, you just backed yourself off the front line. Joy. That's what he does. Your faith is the key to your future. Faith always bleeds hope and expectation when it's cut with the knife of crisis. When he comes in and the enemy just wrecks your world, what what you have to hold on to is hope and expectation that, okay, you played my turn. And I got God on my side. I got the king. Always have the king. Yeah, on the brink of a miracle. And I know some of the things in our life that happened in these past two years may not look like miracles, but for us to move into that new season and God starting and just even blessing him Matt with a job and, and taking away, you know, we haven't been sick and all of these things. Those are miracles that God does. Healing healthy, you know. Um, all the, you stack them up. All the, if we took all the little things God did in those two years, 
Sometimes we couldn't see them or we didn't really focus on them because we were focused on other things that weren't going as we were looking at the crisis, but we always had that hope and expectation that God is a God of miracles. God is a God of miracles. Life is not about what we've been dealt, what we've been given, but it is about what we're going to do with what God's asked us to do. We get to choose. We can continually play the victim and say, well, they made me. Well, it's hard. I don't know. It's just, you know, I just don't, I'm just not as, people always say, well, I just am not like you. You're right, you're not like me. You're like you. And you have the ability to move forward in what God has for you. But we have to do something. God gives more to those who build more. The Lord keeps bringing me back to the book of Nehemiah. And I keep reading it, and I'm like, I'm not getting anything. And the Lord says, you are getting something. And I'm like, do you know how many like names are in there, Lord? I'm not. I feel like I'm reading it, and I'm not getting anything. And then he pops something out. And it had been... They'd been working on it for like a hundred years and it was still rubble. And Nehemiah comes in because the Lord laid it on his heart and he built it in 52 days. A hundred years, they can't build a wall. 52 days, they build a wall. That's a miracle. That's a miracle right there. He said, you know what? You want more, Nehemiah? I'm going to give you grace. You're going to have favor with your king. And he's going to send you back. They're going to fund it, everything. And I'm going to give you more because you know what? And they came and they began to taunt him. One of the things they said that got me, oh, if you put a little fox on, that, on those stones, it's going to fall apart. And I thought, a little fox. Hmm. It's funny. You know that word respond the enemy as they taunted him because he said, watch out for the little foxes. And you know what Nehemiah said? They're like, come on down, talk to us. You know what? You think you're better. And he's like, Go tell them that I'm working. I'm doing God's work. I don't really have time for all of that. I don't have time for complaining. I don't have time to listen to them how it can't be done. And so he just turned away and refused to even go into that situation. I thought, yes, go Nehemiah. So God said, oh, I'm going to give you more favor. I'm going to give you all abundant of what you need. You're not going to, it's not going to have to come out of your pocket. And, you know, you're, you're trying to think, how am I going to put this together? Do I have enough stone? Do I have enough this? He's like, everything is provided for. Because, you know what, you kept going forward. You didn't turn and say, oh, where are you, God? He said, so I'm going to give you more. Don't give up when you can't see how God's going to do it. I don't even think I could build a fence in 52 days. <laughs> like a picket fence in my yard, you know. And like when I think about this wall, it's not even like, it's not like those pretty walls you see like in the movies in like Ireland where it's like the stones are stacked, you know, to the knee and it just looks pretty. Like this is a wall you can walk on. This is like a wall. It has tons of gates and all of these. Um, they don't have any backhoes or forklifts or anything to move stuff, okay? And I'm thinking, wow, we can't give up just because we can't see how it works. Matt had three jobs in two years and every time I'm like they were all good you know what but every time I was like oh this must be how God's going to provide for us and then he's like no this is it you guys no God said you know what I'm going to provide for you in the way I choose to provide for you 
and he did. And it was amazing. And he took care of us, and we didn't even know it was coming. And we're just going like this. Don't stop smiling. Do not. If you stop, it's not coming back. <laughs> so, we did. I don't even think we talked about it, because we're like, if we just talk about this, this is going to be bad. So all we said is, it's going to be good. God's got it. That's all we said. Because inside, we're like, if, if we start talking about it, we know it was going to go. <laughs> so we didn't even really talk. We just were like, God is good. So good. What are you going to talk about on Sunday? I hope it's God. God is good. Good. Stop. Just, you know. And sometimes then you just turn away and you're thinking, we should probably talk about this situation. We said, you know what? We can't see it. We can't see how God's going to get us out of this mess. You know? Like, it was deep. It was a hole. Like, I'm like, God, we are so far in. Like, how are we going to get out of here? And we're looking around, and all we can see is the sides of the hole. So far up, it's like, but God's like, oh, and he just dropped a ladder down. Boop. Hold this right out. We couldn't see. So we can't give up just because we can't see. God sees. We have to take that faith and say, all right, man, thank you, God, that I'm exhausted because you know what? You are going to come and fill me up. I have a lot to fill right now. Woo! A lot. I don't just have a little bit. I'm not getting a little bit. I am like to the bottom empty scraping the barrel. So that means you have so much coming for me. Woo! It's good. Don't get at the bottom of the barrel and start kicking around the dust and looking at I don't know how I'm going to get This is just so hard. Like, it's coming. My kids say I do this, but I don't really know if I do. But they say when I want something, I just look at them and go. And they said that it's growing because now Jade does that. <laughs> so, like, if I want water, I want a hug, I don't even say words. I'm like, and that's how we need to be. Like, I am so empty. I have a need. And we're just like, God. Yeah, come on, come on, fill it up. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I heard this story, and it said there was two children. They were twins, you know, they were raised the same. The parents loved them, all of this. And the, the first twin was just a cynic, always just negative, always looking down. And the other twin was, you know, an optimist and just always looking up. Everything's good. And so they always had the same things. The parents spent the same amount of money on them, got them the same gifts and so like if they got a video game system the one would be like oh my gosh this is so awesome I'm so excited about this the other one would be like it's probably going to break down the day it's out of warranty you know what they're going to bring out a new one in six months and this one's going to be obsolete not you know and it would just be like that so they went to um they went to a counselor and the counselor said oh yeah you know what you should do just give the one that um just maybe you need to overcompensate for that one that's, you know, negative and just give them everything. Like give them everything that you even heard that they wanted for Christmas. Okay? And then the other one, you know what? Just give them the worst thing you can think about. Just balance it out, okay? Just balance out that negative. So so Christmas morning comes and they give, the kid opens their presents and they've got everything, you know, um, video games and cell phones and, and cash and all this stuff. And they're like, well, I'm probably going to lose this money. Uh, you know that when you get an iPhone, it becomes obsolete in like three minutes. So it's a cynic. And, and the other one's like, they said, hey, well, your gift's upstairs in your bedroom. Now, what the kid didn't know, the parents, 
you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't know why the counselor gave this suggestion, but they thought, you know, we're just going to listen. We've exhausted. We don't know what to do. The counselor said, just fill their room with horse manure. Fill it to the top. Just give them crap. And they're like, okay. So the kid's like, they're like, it's up in your room. And so he's like, yeah, he goes upstairs and he opens the door. The smell hits him. And all he's like, woo! He jumps in and starts digging through this pile. And the parents are just horrified, like, how do we do this? This kid has been great, like, always loving us. And they're digging through and, you know, up to, up to their neck and, and poo. And they said, what are you doing? And he goes, he looks at him and said, with that much poop, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, sometimes that's what it feels like. But we get to choose. We get to choose where we want to be. We're going to look down and say, well, with me, my life is so hard and I'm exhausted. Are we going to say, God, you got something coming. There's a pony in there. Please don't do that to your children. (laughs) If you do, please make sure you have a pony already. Right? So it is how when we get to that exhaustion, we should be like, this is so great. Because God's got a breakthrough. He's got a miracle. If he did it for David and for Daniel and Naomi and Ruth, and he did it for Paul, he'll do it for me. He's just building my testimony right now. He's just building my testimony because by the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus, and the words of our testimony, people are saved and brought into the family and brought into the kingdom. So you know what? When you're in that say, man, I'm getting a powerful testimony. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to get to heaven and see the people that say, man, your testimony, I am here because you followed in the footsteps of Jesus. And I was able to see where he was because you. You guys know that? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. It's follow the leader. Just make sure the leader that you're following is following Christ. That's kind of important. Hmm. Exhaustion just pushes us past what we can handle where we can't rely on ourselves anymore and we have to rely on the magnificence of God. There's nothing else. I'm just going to pray.